Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, of course, um, uh, we find ourselves in uh, difficult, worrying times. Oh, yes. And uh, we thought outside the box in a few hours. We brought you back uh, a bit of old um, archive from our trip to Russia to the World Cup. Chance to uh, take a little trip around um, the summer house that Joseph Stalin had in Sochi. Yeah, we had a chat with Rupert. Um, he was on good form. Uh, Dance came on. He did. Uh, and Nigel Pearson was on with a little quiz for a yeah. couple of the listeners. You'll hear that. And we did a few bits we and pieces. Yeah. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And, uh, well, no sport, really, but news from my cousin in Vancouver. Oh, this is great news, yes. His team won the Vancouver Metro Soccer League. Very, very exciting. They're called... We're going to be majoring on that today, aren't we? No, no, I'm just going to tell you, Rhinos Tigers... Uh, That's a bit of a... Yeah, he sounds the coach, he's the manager. How, how old are all the kids? Uh, I think they're men. They're proper men. They're not really kids. Oh, OK. It's men's football. Yeah, right, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. So, what uh, do, they, do they play Sunday morning out there? When do you know when they, no, see, when they like play their games? The, it's on YouTube, so it looks like they play on artificial surface uh, at yeah. night, by the sound of it. But, but this is a 22-game season. This is gonna, you may know the answer to this, TalkSport listeners, but we talk about Sunday morning football, don't mm. we, in this country? You know, yeah. The idea is that the kind of the lowest run with respect uh, for people to play an active game of, of organised football is on a Sunday yeah, morning. Sunday. Public yeah. league, Sunday morning. Yeah. Are we are we alone in that in Great Britain? I mean, mm. do when the Dutch have a kind of equivalent of Sunday morning football, Sounds do they like play it on a Sunday morning or do they play it on a Saturday afternoon? I don't know. I have no idea. Should I ask Marcel from the No, we know, we'll ask the listeners. We've got a ready-made resource. That's true. Worldly, yeah. urbane listenership who can tell That's us really true. they went over and they basically <laughs> lived in Holland or they lived in Denmark or North Norway and the yeah. Norwegian FA, they're, they're telling us everything today. They'll probably come through yeah, with that. Do you play for the Clog and Gouda? Yes, yeah, indeed. Did you, ever turn out, did you turn out for the Clog and Gouda? In, it's possible. I don't know. Who knows? Nijmegen or somewhere. And uh, let us know, there is, is the Sunday morning. Uh, I, I doubt it. I mean, I doubt it, but I'm just asking a question. I don't yeah. know why I bring that up now. Now, no. Do you know, I've watched that much oh, yeah. Peaky Blinders last 48 <laughs> really? hours. I feel like I'm living, living in post war Birmingham. Fantastic. <laughs> you haven't yeah. got the cap on. You need no, the I'm going to get one of those, Danny, when you, start, when you get things wrong, I'll take my cap off. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it could be bad. 
bad, yeah. Yes. I mean, a lot of people watching TV, a lot of people worried about self-isolating. It's quite understandable. But my yeah. wife is actually, believe it or not, quite happy about self-isolating. Your son was very funny about it. He, he was, he because basically he said, this is the moment you've been training for all your life, Mum. It's, it's <laughs> tremendous. You know, nobody else likes staying in and watching telly like you do. No one else can stay and watch 260 hours of Holby and, <laughs> and that sort of thing, you know, doctors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely fine. So, this is her cup final, is it? Well, very much so, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but it was it was good. Last that, week's doctors, though, Andy, you've mentioned before that oh, your yeah. wife is a big fan. Last week's doctors had a sensational episode which involved Joe Pasquale. Yes, it was odd, playing, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, playing himself twice. It was like somebody, was it somebody who was obsessed with Joe Pasquale and he appeared in it twice? Yeah. Everybody, everybody, yeah. they, everybody she spoke to was Joe Pasquale. I like the, I like the fact that the producer knows. That's because his friend's wife is in the programme. Oh, that's right. It's Charlie's Mrs. Keen, Charlie Baker's interest. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. But watching that programme that Mike Ward recommended last night, the Miss World uh, protest programme from 1970, was yeah. fascinating. Beautifully put together documentary. It was a wonderful programme, I thought. Really yeah. nicely made. And there was some... Bob Hope, he was right, Mike. But I've never seen a Bob comedian. Hope's stand-up was quite oh. shocking. It was quite shocking and quite shockingly bad. I it mean, was shockingly bad. Did, I mean, for he a absolutely point. died. Yeah. No question about it. And then it got worse because he then got angry. Like I would. He got yeah. angry with the audience. If you do, on, if you go on and do gags with no punchlines, though, I mean, yeah. that's what's going to happen. I would imagine. Terrible material, wasn't yeah. it? And he just it sort of relied on knowing him and his style, and it just the audience weren't up for it at all. It was oh. We mentioned Charlie Bacon, and I've definitely been doing too much work with him because there's a TV show on Channel 5 tonight, and I've been seeing posters for everywhere. It's been very heavily publicised, a drama. It's called Penance. But every time I see it, I, I see the word Penzance. <laughs> I see Jermaine Penance. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but, uh, we will, Mike Ward will mark your card if you, if you, uh, if there's no sport to watch, obviously, so uh, you should be tuning in to talk sport. But if you are sitting down as a family and watching a bit of telly... I think you've got to mix it up a bit, to be really honest. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you have. Yeah, yeah. Da da Danny LaRue featured very briefly in this programme. I was did. thinking it, it reminded me that when I first used to go to Chelsea, hmm. uh, we sat next to the director's box. Quite posh seats. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. We oh, he's eaten at the top table. Oh, that well, shouldn't come as a massive surprise. And he was always in there, Danny LaRue, with yeah. Ronnie Corbett. They used to go together. I was about 14 or 15. So there you go. Ronnie, Ronnie, Corbett, Ronnie Corbett and, and Danny, Danny LaRue. LaRue at Chelsea. Yeah. We were there on a regular basis. Did you ever eavesdrop on their conversation? I'm or? afraid I didn't, actually. <laughs> okay, you were a bit young then, I suppose, relatively speaking. I wasn't quite in my 30s. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Joining us now, um, because racing has bitten the dust, but not before uh, we get you involved in this afternoon's racing at um, Taunton and Weatherby. Remember that great old musical act, Andy? You <laughs> used to love them, oh, didn't yeah. you? Rupert Bell joins us. Good afternoon, Rupert. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. Um, have you got a thermometer? Not that I can borrow, obviously, certainly after what uh, I just said. Have you got one in the... Oh, you got a horse one, haven't you? I suppose you have a horse thermometer. No, I, I don't think... I, it suddenly occurs to me, I don't think I do have a thermometer. I've got a question for you, it's, Rupert, that you, really? yes. that you won't be expecting. Oh, have you ever tried horse milk? Horse milk? Yeah, this story from the Times today. The latest health tonic, a glass of mare's milk. For generations, the people of Central Asian steppes have sworn by the supposed health benefits of horse milk. And apparently, it's, uh, researchers at the uh, unpronounceable university in Kazakhstan, yeah. where horse milk is commonly <laughs> drunk... called? No, or do you want me to ever go at it? I Na suppose it would it wouldn't Nazarbayev, be a bad Nazarbayev okay. University in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Let's do a short from there. Where horse milk is commonly <coughs> drunk, have hypothesised that it can even re reduce the risk of cancer. Have you ever tried to milk a mare, Rupert? Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I just don't know where to go with that. <laughs> well, I, mean, um, I, just, I didn't even know it existed, horse milk. <laughs> so, nor did I. I mean, I've I mean, how do you, how do you think little horses become big horses, Andy? <laughs> how do you think that <laughs> works? That's well, a good point. I'll well, I... some pictures later on. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I, it's not something that I've ever thought about drinking. Goat's milk I've drunk, um, uh, but uh, horse's milk, no. Um, I, I, and no doubt the good people of Tazikstan or wherever it is uh, are benefiting from the said um, yeah. liquid, but not me. Okay. Mm. The thing is, the only way to draw milk from a horse is with a thermometer, um, <laughs> exactly. which you can't buy for love nor money at the moment, as, as I discovered the other day. So, Rupert, well, on a more serious note, um, they have called it, haven't they? They've decided there will be no more horse racing in the country after, after to, today's meetings. Well, yes, and think where it's gone from. You know, there we were, Cheltenham Friday. Yes, they were uh, trying to keep the show on the road with Scotland. They went behind closed door on Monday. Then, obviously, they decided that uh, yesterday the BHA would go. It would just be behind closed doors today. But then within 24 hours of that, they put, put the shutters up and basically said no more racing until the end of April. Now, that falls in line with lots of other countries and jurisdictions. You know, France have taken that decision. I think it was yesterday. They say until April the 15th. And in Britain's case, I think it's to the end of April. And that will mean the loss of some significant meetings. And it will, you know, all the horses getting ready for the turf flat season. As John Gosden has said, you know, we've now sort of got to go into, you know, regroup and, and take, take, take sort of stock of the situation and what it would mean. Now, you look at Newmarket, huge horse town, lots of horses out on the gallops. Mm. What does that mean for a town like Newmarket under the present environment? Might be easier if you're operating in a more rural area and got just one training establishment. But Newmarket is, is a horse town and thousands of people are employed there. And what do you do with all the morning gallops? Horses will need exercising. So, you know, you can't confine a horse to barracks, as it were. You know, they will need to be out in the fields doing what they do every morning. Yeah, John Gosden, I just read a piece of him saying exactly that, Rupert. He said, what we don't want is Newmarket Heath to, to shut. That'll be a disaster. Horses need to exercise in the fresh air rather than be cooped up in an indoor ride. Well, absolutely. And it will put in, you know, obviously stable staff come in and ride them. You know, uh, you know indeed, I've had a quick word with my brother and said, what, what's the situation? He said, I, I mean, I had to, I asked him bluntly, do you think you'll have to lay people off? And he said, no, horses need exercising. Mm. So, and they will need caring. So, you know, that will be very much the, the, you know, business as usual in terms of caring for the horses. But what do you, you know, the industry uh, is now ground to a halt and it will, you know, lots of people's livelihoods are now again affected, but that's not, racing is just one of, Every industry and sports yeah. industry oh, every, that everything. is suffering. Everything. Uh, but, it is, but it is an industry that's worth $4 billion to the country. You know, you, you saw what it generated last week at Cheltenham in terms of just the attendance and the sort of knock-on effect in the local area. But then the betting industry and everything, you know, it generates the betting. You know, you can have a pop of the bookmakers, but the levy does that comes from those bets on course and off course goes into supporting the industry. So it will have a, a serious knock-on effect. And, you know, it could see trainers go out of business and jockeys will be, you know, won't be earning anything at this stage. So, yeah. so many questions will, you know, how will people, and it's not necessarily the top jockeys. You know, Richard Johnson, you know, the top jockeys, they earn and uh, have earned and earn a decent living. Mm. But it's the 
you know, for want of a better word, the journeyman jockey who's getting yeah. one ride every two days, that's going to be hard for them to, you know, how do they live? And that's going to be racing's big problem. Yeah, that's the big problem for the for the country, really. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to have to be mortgage holidays and various things that people much wiser than myself have talked about. Kentucky Derby's gone as well. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been postponed uh, until uh, yeah. September from May the 2nd. And that, but that, you know, we that falls on Guinness weekend in this country. In the beginning of um, uh, April, beginning of, you know, the first weekend in May. Mm. Now, what does that mean? You know, OK, that's American racing, but that's one of the great iconic sporting occasions. That's now gone to September. I know they, you know, they're cancelling a whole raft of sports, but our Guinness weekend is um, could well, could be under effect at Newmarket. But then when do they, we've got to get it back up and running. The Derby is the first weekend of June. You know, Royal Ascot's mid-June. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so a lot of the big racing festivals clearly now are, are under threat because, you know, maybe April's an optimistic shout. We, no one knows. Um, it would be, you know, lovely to think that we could be back in May racing. But um, I have to say, it, you know, all sport, it doesn't feel a, an obvious thing. And changing to golf, yeah, the open golf is in, in, is in the middle of, um, in July. Uh, yet... They start building at Sandwich in uh, at Royal St George's. They'll probably be starting building in the mid-April to get it ready. When do they make a call as to say, well, we don't know. When do we go ahead and cancel that? Not that they're probably saying it's business as usual and hopeful, but the infrastructure required around the Open Championship is as big as any event across the country. Yeah. I mean, look, with people with time, let's go, go to the other mm. end of the spectrum of golf, where people are going to have time on their hands uh, for their well-being, for their physical fitness. If you ever may head down the, maybe dig the clubs out, people haven't played for years, you know, because it's good for social distancing. You and a mate, say, go along, you and the missus, take the clubs out, you can keep away from each other, you can get some fresh air. Yeah, Rupert. Yeah, thanks, Rupert. No, no need to swear. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he thought he'd lost his line, but he hadn't. Can you hear Could us, Could have been Rupert? worse. Yeah, we'll get him back. As you can tell, he was slightly frustrated by that. Yeah. yeah. I love the fact that he said lost the line expletive. Yeah. And he may have been talking him. to us. But uh, <laughs> now we're getting back We're getting back in a moment. Well, it's a chance to go through the two o'clock at Weatherby. Is it? Oh, yeah. Now, this is it. So, the, the, racing, uh, the last bit of racing you're going to get today is Taunton and Weatherby. The first race is the two o'clock. So, remember when, like, during the school holidays when you were kids, the racing, mm. was, do you know that fifth week when you'd, you basically, you, you, it was raining so you couldn't play football, it was pouring the rain, you couldn't play in the street. So, you'd make a cake. I'd, I'd, go, I'd go and make a victorious sponge that was like solid and then I'd think oh, the racing was on the telly so I couldn't bet because I was about sort of 10 or whatever so I'd have a little virtual punt I'd look at the horse's yeah, name I wish you'd made a cake at Cheltenham last yeah. week <laughs> I'd look, I, I know the kind of cake you would have wanted and I wouldn't have we made that so anyway I think Rupert's back are you Rupert? yeah yeah, I, I hope you didn't catch me when I thought I'd lost. <laughs> no, the no, we, well, didn't. we did. But no, we did. no, we didn't. Uh, yeah. We didn't hear, say what you said. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not that kind of. Well, I, yeah, the no. I've just given the producer absolute kittens, um, so I, for which I apologise, John, and I'm sorry, but I, I lost the gist of your question, so I. I thought my line had gone down. Well, anyway. We've now moved on to the two o'clock at Weatherby. I'll get this out of the way, though, because it's very quickly, because okay. people will be playing a bit of recreational golf, but are there concerns there? I mean, will the clubs sort of stay open if they're, I don't know if they're local authority ones, if people aren't members of clubs, they just want to go and have a game to keep fit and keep healthy? I mean, you're, you're hearing, uh, we've got breaking news in the world of golf involving your missus, haven't we? 
Well, well, breaking news is that I need to get her out and about, and she she <laughs> likes a golf lesson or two. Yeah. But tragedy of tragedies, the, the pro texted her this morning, says we're having a meeting to decide whether lessons can continue. This wow. is up at the Broadway Golf Club. Now, I don't know what that means. And, you know, I, I've seen some indications that I, I just a golf course in Cornwall is business as usual, but the clubhouse might be closed. Mm. You know, there's all sorts of things like that. that because, yes, people will want to get some fresh air and golf. You know, you don't necessarily have to be that close to your opponent no. or your playing partner. So, yes, you could, could. But what it would mean for the clubhouse is that might mean that they don't operate, but you can just walk up and play. But, you know, it will have an impact. And, and my goodness me, if it comes back that uh, Mrs. Bell can't have her, her golf lesson... Um, <laughs> Uh, the world is about to yeah, but, explode. I, be prepared for me to um, wonder what to do with myself. <laughs> but, good, but the thing is, golf teaching is a problem because if I remember when I started yeah. a lot of golf lessons, the, the pro sort of gets around you, doesn't he, to show you what you're doing. There's quite a lot of contact. A bit worried now. Well, yeah, you know, no, there is. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, a lot of the time they now just stand with a, with, with an iPad uh, and filming you and then yeah. show you. But okay. you're absolutely right. There is, you know, some degree, you know, how to grip a golf club. They might try and show you how to do that or how to chip properly. So, yes, there clearly are serious concerns. And given a golf course like mine, which has barely been open over the last few weeks through the winter season, OK, it wouldn't necessarily be good business but because it's been so wet it's been closed for for and, and and struggling to to maintain any sort of golf on the course and this will only add to their problems so while you know we can talk about um racing having problems golf local golf courses who struggle to make money in many cases anyway this is actually going to put extra burden and golf pros make money through lessons and if they don't have lessons they don't make money so it's um yet another industry that is um you know going to have to regroup somehow to make sure you know people survive and, yeah. and are able to continue on when we get through this the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. These little small stories that I've made build a career out of, really, over the past 20 years. Career? Well, not really a career, you know what I mean. Yeah. My stock in trade, if you know. Oh, yes. I noticed they're, they're retreating. There's less and less of them in well, the paper. Well, there are. There's, there's, well, funny enough, there's other things to no, talk I about. Yeah. But still made the paper today, and mm. let's salute him, or it, is wrapping off a three-shilling piece of chicken. Oh, no, wrapping off a three-piece... <laughs> wrapping off? I wonder what wrapping off was. I didn't want to give it too much thought. No, wrapping off a, wrapping off a three-shilling piece of chicken <laughs> from 1971 has been found on a beach near Western Supermare in Somerset. Wow. You think, really? Yeah, how did that get in the papers? I mean, who suddenly, even in the local well, papers... You can't, you, local you can't complain that they're not running them, and then when they run them, you complain <laughs> well, about no, it. So the wrapping off of a piece of... Of chicken. Okay, so... From 1971. Like, so somebody found something and went, I don't know why, it must have said copyright 1971, whatever the chicken company it was. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> must have done, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. So you're walking along, all right, you're walking along the beach in Western Supermare in Somerset. Mm. You see this bit of wrapping, you think... That looks a bit odd. It doesn't yeah, look like pick something it up. new. Go straight to the papers well, with it. It's 1971. Look at this. And then you go to the papers with it. It's yeah. the odd thing. Yeah, I'm sure anybody else would just go... I reckon, I reckon that's a local newspaper story <laughs> that was of significance in Western Supermare. You reckon? Maybe less so when you see it in a national newspaper. Well, I'd say it's so. a local skirmish. <laughs> I think you saw this. This um, yeah. uh, because got, yeah. FIFA allows you to basically create your own teams and lineups. You can edit the names of the players and stuff. Somebody has got a bit of traction on there. In fact, 1.2 million people have uh, have been following these teams. Somebody has done a heaven and hell team. A YouTuber. And uh, I won't go into too much detail because there's some right colourful characters in the Hell team. But amongst yeah. the Hell players, there's the Hitlers, Pol Potts, and Mugabe's of this world. Oh, well, you'd expect that. Um, in the Heaven team. a tremendous team, midfield, that would The be. Heaven team, we've got Muhammad Ali, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Martin Luther King, Beethoven's in there, he's made it. Really? Um, Einstein, Philip Schofield. It's an eclectic lineup. Is this? In goal, the only thing I'd question about this team that in goal. Uh, not for the great work she did, but uh, purely for the position that she's been put in in the heaven team. Uh, Mother Teresa in so, goal. So this, this bloke Gorham putting this goal. team together of, of great people over the years went, I know, Mother Teresa and Philip Schofield. I mean, no disrespect to Philip, but I'd say Mother Teresa was probably I, more deserving. But if I'm putting Mother Teresa anyway, I'm putting her in the uh, N'Golo Conte role. She's not a tall woman, is she? <laughs> no. She's she's a midfield dynamo. She, she is was, not yeah. a keeper. A keeper. She's not a keeper. No, she's not a keeper. No, she's not a keeper. No. So really, you just I, mean, I don't know about you, but I just target her from set pieces if I, I saw she was in really. goal. And she's going to fall yeah. over that... That dress, isn't she, yes, really? She's coming should. out the diving Well, it wouldn't feet. be ideal, really. Anyway, we won't dwell on it for too long. <laughs> no, it doesn't bear thinking. Simon in Jersey, a listener, sent me a link. Uh, it was very nice. He's worried that I'm going to run out of material. He's not the only one. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> we might as well... It's day three. Cards on the table Oh, talking of which, here we've got... Oh, yeah. you, we'll come on to that in a minute. You carry yeah. on. He, he sent me a link to Rita Ora's products at the House of Fraser. Right. So he, he thought I'd be interested in this. Yeah. So. Well, look, you know, the, when the when the big, the, <laughs> I know. you could, the, I think the shops you could still do it online. What the Rita Aura's got a full range of stuff you can buy in the house of Fraser. Is yeah, that right? Rita or a home men at home men. I don't know why it's called home men because the things are a throw uh, a sort of duvet cover. I'd love a well, Rita men have Aura duvet covers. Well, don't I they? suppose they do. <laughs> The Rita Aura pillow looks nice. That's very nice. Has it got her face on it? What is it? No, is it, not is it like really. A, is it a range she's designed? A Rita Aura wish cushion. 
It is a cushion with the word wish written on it. <laughs> I could have guessed that, probably. Know, really, yeah. yeah. Rita Ora's azure cushion, a sort of furry, hairy cushion. What's it, what <laughs> well, sort of money are we talking about here? Uh, well, the uh, Rita's... Uh, What's her duvet cover Rita's cost? Rita's wish cushion. I'm looking for a price point. 55 quid for a wish cushion. Wow, well, I wish it was cheaper. <laughs> By about 30 quid. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, duvet cover, £95. Right, OK. That's quite well, a lot, isn't it? I mean, I don't well, know. it seems a lot, is, is, it? It's, it's good stuff, for the cover. It? It's not even the duvet, really. Uh, you may have seen this, Andy. I, I mentioned yeah. uh, Dare 3, and uh, it's yeah. because they've got German Big Brother going on at the moment, and I think uh, at, at time of reading, they hadn't told the, yes, the people in there talking about this this what morning. was going yeah. on in the outside world. No, they've uh, got to tell them now, I think. It's quite yes, it's I think they've a decided shock to them, the, really. The time is right. They decided unless it affected any of their family, they'd keep it quiet, but I think they thought better off it, really. Because it's, How long have they been in there? It must there? be very because odd, in light of all this, to be watching a TV show with uh, 13 people hmm. who don't know... Is it that many? Four, uh, 14 people that don't have a clue of what's going on in the outside world. Something that's consuming everybody else. They're sitting there talking about the German equivalent of Coronation Street, and bickering with each other. <laughs> That's true. And uh, this story, I like this story from the uh, Times Diary today. Uh, this is a story about an aspiring designer in Hampshire mm. who made a dress out of a thousand pages of the Daily Mail. Oh. And the name of the woman who uh, was wrapped in this newspaper, I think, was called Madeline Haddock, which is, I suppose, <laughs> quite appropriate. Fantastic. Yeah. Been in a fish and chip shop again. <laughs> The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We'll be chatting to Ian Danter in a few moments' time. First, we've, uh, again, we've decided to introduce a few. We've dot them around the schedule. Mm. Uh, these uh, Some of the old games that we've played in the past, and one of them, uh, with the help of Ian Danter, was, of course, Pearson About, uh, featuring our old mate, our fine uh, football speedway and darts uh, reporter, commentator, Nigel Pearson. It's a very simple game in which uh, uh, Nigel will give you clues as to where he is in the UK. And uh, off the back of those clues, the listeners uh, sort of interrupt and they try and have a guess. Sounds and get, good. And the winner is the one that gets the most right. We'll have three in all. Uh, Stuart is a City fan. Good afternoon, Stuart. Afternoon. Stuart, well, what, what are you up to at the moment? Where do we find you? Are you sort of working from home? What's the situation with yeah, you? I, I, I work from home anyway, so I'm uh, quite used to self-isolation. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it been like, the sort of adjustment for everybody around you? Is it, is it a bit of a, been difficult or not? Um, yeah, well, the industry I'm in is taken absolutely battering in the UK. Right. Um, but there's many ways to skin a cat. And, uh, yeah, I've had um, some nice contact from places where the virus hasn't quite got a stronger hold, such as uh, customers in South Africa and places like that. So, yeah, one door shuts, another opens. Well, good. OK, good. <laughs> Please hear that. Jim um, is a Forest fan. Hi, Jim. Hello, Paul. And likewise, are you, is this are you in different circumstances, or is this is your your normal working practices at the moment? No, no, no. I'm working construction, but I've got a bit of a bug and a virus, so oh. self isolating. A virus or the system. virus? I mean, are you, are no, you, I've have... got a virus. I use my thermal infrared thermometer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all around. You can't find. You can't buy them. <clears throat> you got the last one. Stitch back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I'm, I'm all right, but I just spending in my passport forms because I thought that, that'll come back quite quickly at the minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it probably would do. So have you got the temperature of you, Jim? Is that, is that, is that, you got, no, you, no, no, I'm fine. I have got the bug, I've got a bug. <clears throat> okay, yeah, well that's what it works. Good to be right. sensible, yeah. We wish you well. Boys, it's pretty straightforward. <clears throat> You're going to get three clues. 
And uh, and so you're going to get various clues from uh, dance. Three attempts uh, to to uh, have a go at where he is in the country. He's in three different. He gets around as Nigel. Mm. So um, when you think you know where he may be based on the clues that he's giving in the UK, shout your name and have a guess, and hopefully we'll get yeah. a correct answer. So just give us a Jim or a Stuart as loud as you. Yeah, don't just can. say the thing. Say Jim or Stuart. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so we know. Because because then we'll stop Nigel and you can have your guess. So okay, uh, take it away, Nigel. Here's the first one. Well, I'm standing on top of a mound next to a ruined Norman keep that affords me fantastic views of the city. I'm in here, fellas. I always like to look at who famous sons and daughters are, the places I visit, and no doubt. One of the most cherished stars from this city is Judy Dench, star of Bond movies and uh, a fine romance, of course. And, he and at a sprightly 85 years of age, it's brilliant to say that the dame is still alive! <laughs> now, this is a city famous for its sweet tooth, as it was the birthplace of both Joseph Roundtree Ooh. and Sir Joseph Ooh. Terry, who Jim. both became Ooh, Jim, you know, we're going to stop that there. Jim, where do you think, uh, where do you think Nigel is? Well, I'm going for York. You're yeah, going that's uh, what I for gone. York, okay. Um, well, should we find out if that's true should or we not? All the clues, we, we, no mistake at all. Okay, no mistake at all. I believe that that that, <laughs> yeah. that would. I think, I think, I think you oh, jumped the gun there. We want to hear the other yeah. clues. Okay, let's hear the Poor rest of the clues and find the out. Jeff <laughs> Roundtree and Sir Joseph Terry, who both became confectioners of huge international repute. Yes, yes that's right. Fruit pastels and chocolate oranges were born here. I once thought I was turning into a chocolate orange, fellas. I was very nearly sectioned. Hey! Now, now, not far from this Norman keep, you can find the longest medieval barrier in the country. Yeah. A wall that stretches pretty much right round the city. It's a wall that even Mateus Pereira, the best free kick taker in the championship, would struggle to get the ball past. It's also a city that's home to the shambles. No. Not Villa's defence, but rather a quaint collection of shops in a narrow street that lean into one another, as well as the giant cathedral that has the largest expanse of stained glass windows in the world and a rose window in a heart design known colloquially as the heart of Yorkshire. So where am I piercing about? I think we know, don't we? We know, but we need to hear the clip, the uh, I think we know the reveal. Here we go. Oh, no, I thought we were going to get the reveal, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm in York. Yeah. Here we go. Jim. Yeah, Jim says York, and then Dan says, or Nigel says, no mistake. Don't it's it not dance, it's Nigel. No, I just said Nigel. Well, 1 0 to Jim. Well done, Jim. You were right, it was York. <laughs> okay, it's slightly rusty, shambolic. A bit it's rusty on this one. It's been a while. since we played this. <laughs> no uh, rehearsal. Let's go. Come on, Stuart, you can come back. Have a listen to this. Jump in when you think you know where uh, Nigel is. Well done. Well, here I am, fellas, standing underneath a bridge that spans a river running through this city and a bridge that stands fully 75 metres <laughs> above high water level. Stuart. It's Stuart, aye, aye, Stuart, what do you think? Oh, no, 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 because we hear the... He's gone with Newcastle, oh, right, but yeah. he may be wrong, Reed, oh, yeah, should wrong, we yeah. try and find out? Play on. Hold on. First submitted, and uh, I have to say many errors occurred with previous designs, but this one, masterminded by the great Isambard Kingdom Brunel, had no mistakes at all. <laughs> now, Jim. I got a bit confused. Well, Jim, you think it's the... somewhere else but Newcastle? Where do you think it might be? Uh, Bristol. You think it might be Bristol? Okay, okay Jim's so gone Bristol. Newcastle Stuart Bristol. has gone Newcastle. Well, that's so they've had their guesses. Let's see if either of them are right. Take it away, Nige. Mistakes at all. Now, 
I got a bit confused when asking about famous folk from this city, and somebody said that uh, Banksy came from here, and I said, uh. no, mistake. Gordon Banks was a Sheffield lad, wasn't he? <laughs> and that's when I was quietly corrected, and it turns out that Banksy isn't England's greatest ever goalkeeper, but in fact, is some bloke who does a lot of graffiti. Well, I never. Despite that, fellas, my favourite Banks is still the terrific pint of bitter I get in my local in Womble. That's right. It is a great sporting city, this, though, uh, despite a disgraceful lack of speedway. But even though it's in the top ten most densely populated cities in the country, neither of its two football teams have played in the Premier League as yet. So where am I piercing about now? Well, we had uh, Jim go... Jim go with Bristol and uh, and uh, Stuart go with Newcastle. So um, you, you'd be, uh, you, how are you feeling about that, Stuart? I mean, the whole thing now. Yeah, I think Jim's right. Should yeah. we find out? Yeah, yeah. Let's find out. Jim, was he right with Bristol? Let's find out. No mistake at all. No mistake at all. Yes, indeed, Bristol. Um, so it's 2 0, but we're playing for pride. We'll go for oh, yeah. do the third one. Playing for pride now, Stuart. See if we can get a point. Here we are. Go on, take it away, yeah. Nigel. Well, I now stood in what to me is the bustling heart of this particular city, a small street containing a plethora of fish and chip shops and kebab vendors, affectionately known to locals as Chip Alley. And uh, let me tell you, fellas, after sinking a few jars in one of the many hostelries nearby, after commentating on the British Speedway Grand Prix and the giant stadium that dominates the city centre, to be in Chip Alley with the Munchies, 2 a.m. Saturday night, Sunday morning, is most definitely the right place, right time. <laughs> now, I do remember that uh, during the 1990s, the then owners of Wimbledon Football Club were thinking of sensationally relocating the club to this city, despite being 154 miles away. Oh, Stuart. Oh, oh Stuart. Well, what do you think, Stuart? not Dublin, is it? Stuart's gone Dublin. OK, well, look, we'll mm. carry on and find out. Stuart's gone Dublin. Take it away, uh, Nigel. And uh, you wouldn't have got away with it either, in my view. So many famous people hail from this city, but I've always had a soft spot, fellas, for a guy called Michael Barrett, who took a golden opportunity <laughs> to star in a West End show dedicated to Elvis Presley in the 70s and then became a massive pop star not long after with hits like Green Door and This Old House. That's right, he is a genius and I am fan club member number 34 of the Shaken Stevens fan club. But where am I piercing about now, fellas? That's quite tricky, isn't it? I think I've got it. So what do you, what do you Stuart or Jim, what do you, what do you think? Well, Jim, I think, uh, I don't know, really, but Shaky Steve as well, so, uh, Cardiff. OK, uh, so we're going to go with Cardiff one, and Dub Dublin. One, one for Cardiff and one for Dublin. Did you want to change, based on Shaking Stevens, did you uh, did you want to change that? No, I've not got a clue where Shaky's from, but I remember Wimbledon wanting to move to some strange places. OK, <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's see. Shaking Stevens. Um, all right, well, look, uh, should we try and, can we find out who's right? Do we have a reveal? I look at the producer. He just he, that's all he says. He's no mistake. <laughs> all right. So is it Cardiff? 
No mistake at all. There oh, we go. Oh, oh, that was the best way to do it. Was yeah, indeed dip behind the green oh, door. Right, car. Was smooth, wasn't it? <laughs> so slick. Uh, it was superbly <laughs> slick. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It was seamless after all these years. Uh, look, you you look after yourselves, and uh, thanks for listening. And, and look, we'll hopefully speak to you again. Thank you, Stuart, and thank you, Jim. Uh, joining us now, and thank you, Dan. Well, he's here. Oh, yeah, uh, he is, good yeah. afternoon, Dan. Thanks for coaxing Nigel into doing that for us this afternoon. I sent I sent the script through, and I said, uh, "Are they going to be all right with the mechanic? Can they remember it?" And they, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, just, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. What a mess with a loose meal. But it, it's 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 Becky's never played it before. There's yeah. there's lots That's of oh, no, yeah, blaming well, Becky. No, but I'm there's lots of there's lots of, there's lots of things to fire off, and, and you know there's business to be done. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. it's uh, to be ambidextrous in that game, don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I'm saying, on a serious note, you're, you're playing in a band. I saw you put out a video of a gig you had last weekend, but I, I take it, uh, say, with the theatres going dark, are you and the band playing a lot of uh, kind of decent venues around the country? That's, is that going to be it for a while, Dance, for the band? Uh, well, yeah. We, we, we had a gig planned this coming Friday in Sudbury, in Suffolk, and, and that has been uh, postponed. Uh, the venue's shutting down for a few days. Uh, well, and, and well for for the foreseeable future, and um, I've no doubt that that subsequent shows will also have to be postponed until um, a later date. And 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 I, I, anybody that buys a ticket for a whether it's a theatre show or, or or a band or, or anything like that, uh, if if at all possible, try not to get a refund for those tickets because it keeps the money in the theatre mm, um, yeah, and and gives them a bit of leeway whilst there's so much uncertainty as to whether they get any sort of support um from central government over these next few months then um if they you know get hit for refunds left right and center then the, the, these places are going to go out of business so it's a really tricky time for venues and i, I hope they can navigate their way through it somehow Yes, absolutely. I mean, you have many strings to your bow, of course, but you you must be missing football like we all are. Yes. Oh, yeah, dreadfully. I mean, um, on on Saturday, um, I, our head of football said, could you go to um, Yeovil against Barnet in the National League? We, we were going to cover some non-league football. Uh, so I happily um, set off for Somerset and just after Froome, I think it was, just oh, after driving past the old cheese and grain venue, I got the call to say that um, uh, a number of Barnett's uh, squad had, had um, exhibited symptoms of COVID-19. So so that game also uh, was called off. So, yeah, you, you just drive home and think, well, what the dickens am I going to do now? Um, so I'm, I'm uh, restringing all the guitars at the minute. Uh, that, that's uh, that, that's that job number one. It's good. Uh, but the, 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 the duties will get more menial as time goes by. I'm, you know, I'm putting things off, frankly. Uh, the, the, we should when the band when you are back the band are called Leather and Lace aren't they? Yes, yes, it's a band that that, that it's like a theatre show that plays uh, classic rock anthems and power ballads and uh, it's it's a you know terrific uh, night out couple of hours of great live songs with a seven piece band and uh, I'm the ugly one at the back behind the drums. Well, <laughs> next week we'll get you on. You can play for us actually. You can... What down the phone? Play drums live. down the phone. Why not? Live music. Why we can not? have a drum. Oh, we'll do we'll it. Be desperate by next week. You can have a drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, give us a twenty minute drum Deep, solo. Deep Deep purple dance. live in Japan. <laughs> oh, dear. a bit the mule. Yeah, yeah. That, that's lovely. I'll, I'll have a bit of that. Try Yeah, you're trying to get me to try and be as good as Ian Pace. Well, lots of luck with that, Paul. Uh, if, if I can be as good as Ian Dancer, that'll be good enough. But Ian Pace is a bit Brilliant. of a stretch. Good stuff, Dance. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much.
much. Then, much appreciated. Appreciated. We'll catch right, up boys, with you soon. Thank All you. The best. Thanks very much. Ian Denter there, who was uh, good old Nigel. He loves it. Well, we hope he does. He normally does, Nigel Pearson. He's a oh, great sport. He's a great sport. He knows it comes from a good place. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And uh, we'll try and do it all again as well as we can tomorrow from uh, one o'clock. If you can join us live, which you've got a bit more flexibility to do that at the moment. Who knows? But if not, we'll bring you the podcast with the best bits around the same time tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.